Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Anthony Vecino here of Invictus Capital, best-selling author of Passive Investing Made Simple, here to tell you about the five terms that you must know as a real estate investor, whether you want to be passive or you want to be an active investor. If you want to be successful, you got to know how to speak the language. And these five terms are some of the most frequently used words you're going to need to know uh, in your lexicon. All right. First up is cash on cash return. And this is probably the most common return metric that you're going to experience when it comes to investing in real estate. Simply put, it's the annualized returns that you receive relative to the initial amount that you invested. So if you put $100,000 into a deal and you got $10,000 back in that one year, then you have a 10% cash on cash return. So we just, we get this by dividing the return by the total amount initially invested that gives us our cash on cash percentage. And this is a really important number because it just simplifies all the different ways that we could calculate a return and just says, hey, for every dollar I'm putting into a deal, how much am I getting back? How much is that one dollar working for me? This is a very good way to compare apples to apples, different deals that might not look very similar because you just want to know, like, if I'm putting my money into this crypto over here or into real estate over here or into this fund on stock market over here, how much am I getting cash on cash? It's a great metric. All right. Number two on the list of terms that you as a real estate investor got to know is the IRR or internal rate of return. This is the gold standard of return metrics when it comes to real estate syndications in particular. Simply put, it is the total time-adjusted return of your investment. Okay, so what's that actually mean? The reason the IRR is the gold standard of return metrics is because it's the only one that takes into consideration not just how much money you received in an investment, but when you received it. Because as we know, like one of the principles of investment is uh, the time value of money. A dollar in hand today is worth more than a dollar in hand next year for a whole lot of reasons. You know, one is the depreciation of the the currency. As more currency is printed, especially what we've seen in the last couple of years is 40% of all dollars in circulation were produced in the last couple of years. Well, when there's more of something, the value of that thing decreases, which leads to inflation, right? So a dollar today in principle is worth less than a dollar down the road. So we need to take that into account when calculating the total value of our investment. So when you're comparing, let's say, two different types of deals, the IRR is a really helpful way to figure out, all right, how, how do I actually compare these things? I'm comparing an apple to an orange. How can I create a, a scale, a system by which I can try to compare these things equally on, on the same term? And one of these deals might be, say, a value-add multifamily deal that we do where we're looking for assets that cash flow from day one. So we're getting cash flow distributions or, um, you know, on an annualized basis. Might be, say, 10% cash on cash. So if we put in $100,000 into a deal, maybe every year we're getting $10,000 of uh, cash flow. 
And maybe in year three, we do a refinance, which when we do that, we try to aim to return about 50% of our initial equity. So let's say, again, we put $100,000 in. That means in years two or three, when we do a refinance, we're getting $50,000 back in addition to all the cash flows. And then when we go to sell the asset, let's say in year five, you know, we get rid of the, um, the asset, we make a good profit. Let's say we doubled our money. So as you can see in this type of a deal, we're getting cash all throughout in different forms. We're getting cash flow, we're getting the proceeds from a refinance, and we're getting the proceeds from a sale, which is fundamentally different than, let's say, a development deal where we're going to go and we're going to build a skyscraper from the ground up. There's not going to be any cash flow because day one, we got to go dig a hole. Day two, we got to go start filling that hole with concrete and all the stuff, right? So it's going to be a pretty long road until we get to the point where this asset is going to be stabilized and generating cash flow. It might be two, three, four, five years, depending on how large the project is, right? Now, typically with big development deals, what ends up happening is you do all this work and then you sell the asset, say in year five, just like you would a value add multifamily deal. But now the amount that you're getting is so much larger because you weren't getting cash flow and distributions and all these things along the way. Now it just comes as one big pop at the end. So which asset is more valuable? from a a return perspective, is it the investment A, where you're getting cash flows all throughout the deal, or is it uh, deal number two, where you're getting it all at the end? Well, that's what the IRR tells you. On one deal, it might be 17%. On the other one, it might only be 15. Without that calculation, you wouldn't really be able to look at those cash flows and say, which is more valuable than the other, which is why the internal rate of return is the gold standard when it comes to real estate return metrics that you got to know. All right. Number three on the terms that all real estate investors, they got to know, you got to know this one is the concept of appreciation. Now, appreciation is just simply put like the asset gets more valuable over time. It's appreciating rather than depreciating. And when it comes to real estate investing, depreciation is a a different concept entirely. But when it comes to appreciation, it just means our building is getting more valuable over time, which is a good thing, right? Now, when When we think about appreciation, there's two different types that you got to be aware of. One is what we call organic appreciation, which is fundamentally different than forced appreciation. Here's an example. Organic appreciation is when the market that you're in, the neighborhood, the city, for whatever reason, is going through a boom and everybody is doing really, really well. The property values across the board are all going up and your asset, just by being in that area, as a consequence, goes up as well. You don't necessarily do anything to improve your building. You don't run it more efficiently. You don't make it better or anything. You're just caught up in the wave of organic appreciation, which is not bad. Like, especially in the last 10 years, most major markets in the U.S. have been organically appreciating fairly substantially. So it's been pretty easy just to make money by buying a building, doing nothing with it, and just riding that wave of organic appreciation and then selling it for a pretty little penny. On the opposite side, is forced appreciation. This is when we go into a building and we make it better. We make it more valuable. We do that by increasing revenues and decreasing expenses. And when we do that, the ultimate value of our building goes up because we're running it more profitably. Now, both of these things are really good, but we prefer forced appreciation because it gives us a lot of control. At the end of the day, organic appreciation is going to happen or it's not going to happen regardless of what you try to do. It's just outside of your control. Forced appreciation, on the other hand, is entirely within your control as an operator. If you're skilled, if you if you level up your abilities, you can go in to these assets and make them vastly more valuable, which is why when we go and acquire buildings, we're looking for opportunities to force appreciation. All right, the next term that you got to know as a real estate investor is equity multiple. 
Now, when you're investing into a deal, it's good to know without having to do advanced calculus, how much money do I really stand to make over the life of this hold? Like at the end of the day, that's why we invest in things, right? We want to see our money growing, but I don't want to have to do advanced calculus to figure out how much do I really stand to make here? How much am I profiting? That's where the equity multiple comes in. It's a simple way of calculating how much did I put in and how much am I getting out all told on this project? For instance, on most syndications that we do, we're targeting at least a 2x equity multiple, which means if you put in $100,000, then a 2x equity multiple is going to 2x that, which means all told by the end of the deal, you're going to get around $200,000 back. 100000 of that replaces your initial investment. 100000 of that is profit. So when you're looking at deals, equity multiple can be skewed quite a bit by the length of the hold. If we only hold a building for five years and it's a 2x multiple, that doesn't necessarily mean it's better than a deal where we hold it for three years and it's only a 1.75 multiple, right? You got to calculate it for yourself based off of how long you're holding it and got to use a little bit of, of context because equity multiple on its own without knowing the length of the hold, completely meaningless. But it is a nice back of the napkin way of calculating. How much do I actually stand to make on this deal? At the end of the day, how many dollars am I putting in the bank? And last but not least, on the terms that you got to know as a real estate investor is the concept of the preferred return. This is especially important for passive investors looking to invest in real estate syndications. The preferred return, simply put, is a way of prioritizing limited partners before general partners. It's your claim on profits before the other parties in the deal get to lay their claim to the profits. So here's an example. Let's say we have a real estate syndication where the GPs are going to take 25% of the equity and the limited partners are going to take 75. This would be known as a 75-25 split. 75 going to the LPs, 25 to the GPs, which means for every dollar of profit coming in, we would split it. 75 cents of that goes to the limited partners. 25 cents goes to the general partners. Pretty simple. But if the deal is structured in an advantageous way for the limited partners, there would be a preferred return in there which simply says that the preferred uh, that the limited partners need to generate a certain return before the general partners are allowed to start sharing in the profits. And this is important because without the preferred return, the general partners could just be profiting from a deal that's going really, really poorly at the expense of the limited partners. So this is not a guaranteed return, but it's saying, hey, until the limited partners achieve X return, the general partners don't get anything. For example, most of the deals that we do at Invictus Capital have about a 7% preferred return. That is the minimum amount of return that our limited partners have to receive before we as the general partners get to share in our side of the promote or that 75-25 split. So again, if that $1 of profit's coming in and we haven't actually delivered a 7% preferred return to our limited partners, it's not split 75-25. It goes 100% to the limited partners until that minimum 7% return is achieved. Once it is, every dollar above and beyond that is split 75-25. It's a very important concept that signals that there's good alignment of interest between the limited partners and the general partners. So always be on the lookout for it before you invest in an apartment syndication. So those are the five terms that all real estate investors must know. You got the cash on cash return, you got your internal rate of return, appreciation, equity multiple, and the preferred return. If you like the video, if you got any value out of it, do us a favor, subscribe, hit the like button, and leave a comment below about which one of these five terms you like the most.
Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.